Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast, where I go in-depth with the most intriguing people in the world of soccer. In this episode, I'm joined by Jorn Buholtz, the Executive Director of the National Soccer Hall of Fame, which reopens this week in Frisco, Texas. He gave me a tour of the new facility and all the cool things inside. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Onward! The new National Soccer Hall of Fame opens this Saturday at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas, with an induction ceremony for Brad Friedel, Cindy Parlow Cohn, Tiffany Milbret, Dr. Bob Contagulia, and Don Garber. Our guest today here in Frisco is Jorn Buholtz, the executive director of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. He just gave me a tour of the new hall. It is fantastic. You should come and see it. Jorn, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Grant. Happy to be here. Congratulations to start with on uh, what you have done to get the National Soccer Hall of Fame back up and running. There used to be one uh, in a building in Oneonta, New York. There hasn't been for many years. And it's just so cool for me to go through this and experience it. Yeah, you know, thank you. Uh, I certainly cannot take credit for this. There's been a ton of people involved in this project, even before my time here, uh, when I came on board last summer, you know, from U.S. Soccer, uh, from the Frisco Independent School District, the city of Frisco, the Hunt family, F3 Dallas, everybody that worked together to get this thing off the ground again uh, and bring it a home. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a heck of a project to be a part of, uh, and I couldn't be more honored to be sitting here today, just a few days out from, from opening up this, this Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, we just took a a 30-minute tour of it, um, and there's so much cool stuff on the history of soccer in America, which goes back a lot longer than even a lot of soccer people probably realize. Really cool to see that, to see leagues throughout the 20th century and also the 21st century, to see uh, the history of the U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team. Uh, I relived a lot of cool moments that I've been fortunate to witness just going through the whole thing. Could you lead me through a little bit on what the thought process was when it came to designing the contents of this Hall of Fame and how it was going to be presented? Yeah, you know, what we really wanted to try to do inside of here is we wanted to make the experience really a 60 to 90 minute experience for people. Uh, You know, certainly we've got over 400 artifacts inside here that are going to tell the history of of our game in this country. Uh, But also on top of that, we're going to call ourselves the most personalized experience in sports. Uh, and the reason we're doing that is we are going to be the first to use facial recognition and technology inside of this Hall of Fame that is really going to be the driving component behind everybody's experience. So in the lobby, uh, when you come in to register, we got men's and women's national team players just talking to you about facial recognition uh, and the and the use of it inside of this building. We'll take your picture. We're going to ask you a few questions, where you're from, uh, your favorite teams in this country, your favorite soccer position. Uh, and based on that, we've got 13 audiovisual experiences inside that customize themselves to you just by you walking up or by them. So uh, we couldn't be more happy uh, about where we sit right now. We got some testing to do here in the last few days, but uh, really that solution, that, that, that facial, recognition, facial recognition solution provided by NEC, one of our best partners, uh, is really going to be a game changer for us uh, really in this space. We, was, we're excited. It was really neat to see how that was used from the moment you come in yep. and how it comes back into play throughout your experience here. Um, Now, a lot of the very cool artifacts, uh, memorabilia, maybe you could say from over the decades with U.S. soccer, uh, I'm curious to know, like, how much of that stuff was in the previous Hall of Fame in Oneonta? 
uh, what happened to it in the intervening years? Yeah, I mean, a decent amount of the stuff that you're going to see here uh, was in Oneonta. Uh, you know, we've actually done a very nice job uh, going out, and we, there were things that we wanted to still get our hands on, uh, you know, so we went out there and started reaching out to the Hall of Famers and people involved in special moments in, in soccer history to go out and get items from them, uh, and it, it was amazing to see, you know, the Hall of Famers and the soccer people in this country so responsive, uh, you know, and loaning us items, jerseys, shoes, balls, whatever they had, because uh, I think they're just really excited about this building get, getting uh, getting back up and running so um you know a lot of cool stuff inside of this place uh, and i can't wait to see people see people when they come in and for a number of years is it true that a lot of this stuff was in boxes in yeah. north carolina yeah yeah it, you know when the hall of fame closed in 2010 i mean i think everything that was in there got put into boxes got put into uh, a storage or actually the basement of you know soccer.com hmm. uh you know in hillsborough north carolina so uh you know our official historian jim trecker who was on board even before i was when this project really started getting spoken about several years ago uh would basically go in there into this warehouse and dive into boxes that weren't very well labeled oh, wow. uh, and go in there and pull out a dallas tornadoes jersey or a soccer ball from 1930 and just started pulling out the things that you know would make sense to be inside of a Hall of Fame. Uh, start cataloging all of that stuff. So yeah, it was a little bit of a Indiana Jones process to go in there and and find everything you know and, and eventually get it here into Frisco. Okay. And there's also some real experiential activities that you can do here in the Hall of Fame. I just did a juggling lesson with Kobe Jones. Yes. <laughs> uh, which was pretty cool. And I, I would imagine too for. Uh, for kids, that especially would be adults too, but like that's a neat thing. I saw uh, something, there's a thing with goalies you can do with Tim Howard and Brianna Scurry. Yep. Um, what are some of the other things that you have? Yeah, so we, we, you know, we've really tried to you know, reach into the depths of what technology is in this country right now and pull out some of those things, whether it's the gesture technology that you did juggling with Kobe, or you know, we had uh, Lexi Lawless in there this morning who actually was teaching himself how to do headers because we'd filmed him <laughs> earlier uh, last month. Uh, you know, so just amazing stuff on that side. The virtual reality, like you mentioned with the goalkeepers, where you know, we've, we've done some audio recording with, with Brianna and Tim that talked to you about some of their best moments, uh, their greatest saves, and then we put you in those positions in that virtual reality environment and see if you can make the same save uh, that they did. Uh, projection mapping in here that shows you the history of all of the MLS jerseys uh, and then just giant touchscreens, you know, that are, that are really a part of almost every, every exhibit uh, inside of this venue. Now, one thing I think you've handled really well here is to really, uh, I guess, honor the men's team and the women's team in a way that you feel is... Um, appropriate. Yep. And I, I've actually, you know, there's times over the years, even at Sports Illustrated, when um, I feel like you can get yourself into some trouble um, ranking moments, for example, in the history. I, I come to the conclusion that it's better just to rank the best U.S. men's moments one to ten and the best U.S. women's moments one to ten instead of trying to sort of pit them against sure. each other. It seems like you guys were pretty sensitive to all of that based on what I've seen in, on my tour today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we had a lot of people, like I said, involved in this project. And one of the things we really wanted to make sure that we came out of here with was uh, doing the women's team justice. You know, I mean, we've got an entire giant curved wall in here with two interactives. And above it, it says the best team in the world. Uh, and I think we can say that they are with uh, being the only women's team with three World Cups. So that was important to us. Uh, you know, we also have the, the create your best 11, you know, all-time national team. Sure, there was debates going back and forth 
forth of should we have men in the same one as women and we don't want to get into that world either right you know yeah. let's uh let's do them each justice so you can pick either a men's or women's team and and, and do that so uh you know i think I, I feel really proud about how we've honored both the men's team uh and the women's team in particular uh through everything that we've that we've done inside of here and also i would say the same thing about honoring players from say the early 20th century who did really achieve for the United States. I'm thinking of players like Archie Stark, who came up under my personalized preferences of what, uh, you know, I like attackers and, and yep. the U.S. men's and women's national team. And he was put up on one of the screens as uh, this guy who you should know about, yep. uh, who did all these pretty amazing things in the first half of the 20th century. Uh, Bert Patnod, first hat trick in a, in a World Cup, an American mm-hmm. in 1930. And, you know, I've heard of these guys. I cover the sport for a living, but I also don't know how, if every soccer person in America knows that. And I I think it's really important to acknowledge all the people of the history and I'm, I'm, I'm just really glad about that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think that's important. You know, as we were walking through this a little bit earlier, we've got that, we've got that history wall, you know, right inside and to the right. And uh, a lot of people think that soccer in this country really got started in 1994 with a World Cup, and it's not true. I mean, we can date it back to the middle of the 1800s, you know, and we, we want to tell a little bit about that story and some of those players uh, that you just mentioned, the Archie Stark. And, uh, you know, we, we want to make space for that as well. You know, I think it's important that we, that people really understand how much history there is here uh there's probably at times more history here in soccer than there is in football you know in 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 some certain aspects so uh and you know what you just mentioned it like I'm not going to pretend I knew much about the Archie Starks and people like that before I started even getting into this, you know? So it's been an education process for me. Uh, you know, when a light bulb goes off of, Hey, you know, we should tell, we should tell more about this person. Uh, I'm pretty highly involved in soccer and don't know about them. We need to tell the rest of the world about some of these individuals as well that have really gotten us to where we are in, in soccer in this country today. What is your background? In yeah, so I'm from Nebraska, uh, played in high school, college, uh, and then just continued to, you know, my first job out of college was director of operations and media for the Indiana Blast of the USL. I had no idea what that meant. I just packed up my stuff and went and <laughs> took the job. And uh, I've worked all over the country, you know, really in, in professional soccer teams for the last 17 years. This is the first time I've done something like this, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, what a lot of people would call a museum. We like to call it an experience, uh, the National Soccer Hall of Fame experience. But, uh, you know, I think when when I was talking to the Hunt family in U.S. soccer about this, I think they, I think they saw my passion in the sport uh, and really wanted to get a soccer guy in here, not so much maybe like a curator type person, mm-hmm. somebody that really understood the sport and I think could try to do it justice when trying to tell the story to a greater population of people. So this podcast is going to come out on Thursday, right before, a couple of days mm-hmm. before the opening with the induction of the new Hall of Fame members what is going to be happening here over the that big weekend it's it's a big weekend there's no doubt uh, as we sit here six days out i uh, get get panic attacks at times but we're going to be fine we're going to get there uh, i've got the i remember when the counter said 300 and some days you know but uh but we're getting there but it's going to be an amazing weekend you know it's really hall of fame weekend uh you know that friday night you know with a bunch of hall of famers in town the hunt family throwing a private party out at their ranch to really kind of kick things off uh we've got the women's games that are taking place i mean literally in a 
couple hours, uh, and then hopefully, you know, they're qualified for the World Cup. Uh, but then that Saturday, uh, we really get things going. So in that afternoon, we'll do a ribbon cutting out in front of the Hall of Fame uh, at about 3 p.m. Start letting anybody that's coming to the induction ceremony in at 3.30. Uh, let them go through the Hall of Fame experience, test out the facial recognition, look at everything. We'll give them some time then to do that. But then induction ceremony at 4.30. we got five people plus JP. We've got to get into the Hall of Fame. So that's mm-hmm. going uh, to be a two-and-a-half-hour ceremony uh, followed by dinner. And then right after that at 7.30, the Revivalist kickoff full stadium concert i mean we got twenty five thousand people coming to this thing with the revivalist at 7 30 wow. and then one of the biggest bands in the world imagine dragons at mm. 9 p.m so it's going to be an amazing amazing night yeah i should also mention jp delacamera my colleague legendary broadcaster is going in on the colin jose media award into the hall of fame as well uh very deserved for him yes um is there a- anything else that uh people should know if they want to come and visit and experience this Hall of Fame, how often are you open? How much is a ticket? Uh, that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, so people will be able to get all that information on our website, which is www.nationalsoccerhof.com. Uh, also, you can follow all of our social media handles are at soccerhof. Uh, you know, so you're going to see a lot of that information up there. We'll be opening to the public on November 2nd. Okay. Uh, we got the induction ceremony this weekend. Uh, we've got a f- couple private events after that. You know, we're still going to be testing things uh, and then really open up on that Friday, uh, November 2nd. Our hours, uh, we will be open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, you know, and I say all of that with a big asterisk next to it because we are in a stadium where lots of things happen, you know. So uh, if there's a game on a Wednesday, that's going to adjust our hours. So, uh, you know, as we're encouraging people to come, we just ask that they really check out our website because we'll have an up-to-date calendar on there of when we're actually going to be open. Uh, you know, ticketing pricing right now, uh, $12 for kids 12 and under, uh, $15 for adults. Uh, and like I said, you know, it's really a, it's a 60, 90, 60 to 90 minute experience. And that was done on purpose because we're sitting here on the camp of, you know, Toyota Stadium. There's 17 soccer fields out there where over 2 million people are visiting in a year. Hmm. Uh, most of them have something to do with soccer, right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that the experience was on an all-day thing uh, so that if, you know, a kid's got a tournament out there and they've got a game at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., right, they can come in here in between games, uh, get into the air conditioning and learn a little bit about the history of our game before we go out, go out there and, and kick a ball again that afternoon. So that, that was important to us uh, to keep that experience as short and tight and concise as possible. Well, I also know that you put so much time into getting this thing ready to open, but in the future, as the years go on, I assume some of this stuff, a lot of it's going to be permanent, but is there also going to be, you know, updates, things like that? Yeah, no, there's going to have to be. Uh, you know, the nice thing about being so digital inside of here is we can update on the fly with mm-hmm. a lot of things. You know, we've got a 100 cap club in here for the women. Uh, the second somebody gets 100 caps, they're going to be inside that interactive. But when you talk about, you know, uh, our, our, our exhibits, uh, most of them are going to be permanent, Uh for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do have cases inside here. One of them is specific to the NASL turn in 50 this year. Uh, that'll be out of here by next year because we're not going to do one when the NASL turns 51. So, yeah. uh, you know, there are certain cases inside of here that we will continue uh, uh, to change out as new things happen. And, you know, we've got the 10 greatest moments in women's soccer history in there uh, in an interactive. Uh, we hope that by the end of next summer, we have to change one of those out and put in a World Cup from 2019. <laughs> so uh, we want to be able to change on the fly like that. Uh, and we'll, we will be updating things as, as we move forward and as, as big moments happen. You know, we want to be as current as possible. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to give me a a sneak peek tour of the hall and congratulations on what you've achieved. Jordan Buholtz, 
uh, executive director of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Jordan Buholtz as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Just a quick reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. And check out the 30-minute Planet Football video show hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on SI.TV, Amazon Channels, and Fubo TV. See you next time. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.